Welcome to the Scrum Facilitators Community Podcast, the place for real conversations around Scrum. Welcome to the Scrum Facilitators Community Podcast. You're joining myself, Steve Trapps, and Rebecca Dainton this week. Um, a little bit of thank you for joining us, firstly, for coming back. Um, we're going to be talking about various different things over the next 20 minutes, 30 minutes, see where we get to. Um, just for full transparency, uh, just so you know, uh, dear listener, uh, I've worked with Rebecca um, in, the, in my past. We met... Oh, a few years ago, we also met at use-up groups in and around Yorkshire, where we both live. Uh, and also, Rebecca's attended a few of the courses uh, that we've thrown out there as well. So, um, now, Rebecca comes from Yorkshire. Uh, she is, a, in her title, she is a modern product development champion and coach. I mean, what does that mean, Rebecca? Firstly, welcome. Welcome. What does that mean? What does it mean? Um... I think that's me trying to make sense of what a scrum master is because no one seems to know, including my dad who never understands what I do when I tell him I'm a scrum master anymore. But um, yeah, I think it's just a lot more than scrum for me. It's, um, I guess, the whole package that comes with like modern modern product development. So looking at things like how like organisations are set up um, traditionally and how we can move to things like cross-functional teams so more modern ways of thinking and working and um, I guess giving teams complete autonomy as well, rather than like old school ways of working and tailorism and like scientific management method and all that sort of stuff, where it was very much, you know, the people do the work and the managers and you're completely as far apart as possible. So it's about, yeah, all the different modern aspects of product development and uh, yeah, rolling them into one and then hopefully teaching and coaching it. Brilliant. And by the way, I love the word champion. Because I do see you as a champion for this. It's like it's you're pushing it forward and championing how to do things. I was going to say properly, professionally. Let's call it professionally. How to do things professionally in there because it is quite complex. Now we always start off with a couple of questions. Uh, and how would your friends describe you in two sentences? And what do you most or what do you love most about your job? So I know you primed me for a couple of these. So yesterday I was thinking about two sentences that my friends would say about me and I, I could not think of anything um, it was really hard it's really hard to think, thing to think of so I cheated and um, I texted a couple of whatsapp groups so I've written down a couple of well a few responses that I got back from my friends um, which were actually quite funny it's something you never do I guess ask your friends what they think of you so it's quite interesting um, so I've got uh Hugely determined and ambitious first, but absolutely someone you can share the funniest moments with, proper hilarious, in good old Yorkshire terms. Um, would be there in the dash if needed, with a touch of crazy. We've got pure heart, never any bullshit. Uh, a lovely girl, but would roundhouse you in the head if you annoyed her. Um, I do do martial arts, I don't just go around kicking people in the head, by the way. Um, and enthusiastic about the finer things in life, food, drinks, spas and facials, because I do love a good facial. Um, so they were the responses, the actual responses. Um, and the love most about my job was much easier. Um, so for me, it's, it's the continuous learning that comes with being um, a scrum master or like being in the agile coaching world. So you 
yeah I just think you're, you're always kind of looking for new things to learn obviously you need to know about lots of different frameworks lots of different kind of histories in terms of like agile and product development um and you need to learn you need to kind of learn how different organizations work how different people build products so it's it's that continuous learning thing for me there's always something to learn like every week every month um which i just think is nice it keeps your brain ticking um so that's that thing for me the learning stuff yeah definitely gives you that enthusiasm for life and uh, to continue to learning and and um brilliant so uh rebecca are you able to say where you're currently working at the moment i am yes uh, i think i'm working at poker stars so that's um, part of flutter entertainment um so yeah we're online sporting gaming betting uh, and i'm working at poker stars but actually in the sports tribe so developing our, our sports book product at the moment and, and you're working there as an agile coach or scrum master or scrum master but i kind of see them as the same thing so i think it's scrum master agile coach kind of same thing but yeah i am officially a scrum master working with um two squads um yeah part of the sports tribe brilliant so what would you say the biggest challenge what's the biggest challenge you've got in your role at the moment and so um i think for me the biggest challenge in my role and i guess it, it spans into any organization or any role within that like the scrum and agile world for me is um not coming i guess from a, a technical background so i guess i started off in uh, traditional project management originally came from the waterfall world and then you know fell in love with scrum and realized it was the only way really to build products properly um for customers um and obviously i'm now working with software engineers so we can we can work in any domain within scrum and agile can't we but i've chosen tech because i think it's really fun i really like it um but for me, I don't have that kind of engineering background, that programming background. So sometimes it can be a challenge. And I think it's it's not that you can't be a scrum master or agile coach without you know ever being a programmer. But I think sometimes if you're wanting to coach the more technical kind of practices stuff, it can be a challenge because you've not been there, you've not done it. Um, but I'm a, a massive advocate for good technical practices and I don't think you can really get that true agility without them. So so what have you seen work? I mean, you've come from a non-technical background, non-development. And obviously, well, not obviously, but um, majority of things are being done in a technical. And, you know, what what have you seen work for you and with the teams to win over trust to um, to actually help teams? What, what's been successful for you? So I think, in a way, it's, it's also a blessing not being technical because you can you know you don't get into the detail you don't try and solutionize for the team you don't try and tell the team how to kind of work technically which is nice because you want them to be autonomous and do things for themselves so it's it's great and you know you see the high level you see the big picture um and you can coach on so you know so much of the other stuff that that is your speciality so you know and delivery across functional teams organizational structures all that stuff um and i think you can so, so the way i've kind of overcome the challenge i guess is um i still like to delve into the technical side of things a lot so i'll for example i did um an online code academy course um full stack engineer it was really tough i didn't complete it i'm not gonna lie it wasn't my thing but i wrote some code i did some javascript some js node i created a very simple website i got my head around it and it gave me a massive like perspective shift on what you know programmers face every day um 
I get involved in like technical articles on LinkedIn and, and kind of ask questions and speak to like the engineers and everything on my team um, and, and shadow people and pair with people who are more technical. So what was the response like from the team you were, or the people you were working with um, when they found out that um, firstly, firstly, you didn't have that technical knowledge and then secondly, that you actually were trying to gain it. What was their response like once they found that out? Or do they actually know this? And this is this is a, a world exclusive that we're breaking. I, I just tell them all I'm a software engineer and they've got no idea. No, um, they do know. So I guess they know. So um, they're not they're not bothered at the end of the day because you know they know. Hopefully, I'm there to to do a good job. We're all there to kind of create good products and. Um, you know, we all work together as a team and obviously some people have got strengths and gaps within that team. You know, that goes for anyone, software engineers, from master, you know, product manager, whatever, really. So um, I think the main thing is like, you don't want to pretend to be a techie. So, you know, if I think to myself, this team could really benefit from some pair programming or something like that, I'll kind of talk to like one of the senior engineers and say, look, this is what I'm thinking. We should collaborate more. Like, what do you reckon to pair programming? And get them on side and we'll kind of work with the team together so we've got some more technical who's actually done it as well kind of advocating that that way of working um so yeah so I don't think it's I don't think it's a big deal at all I think it's just something I find a little bit more challenging when I'm trying to coach you know I can see a technical practice would help but I've not actually done it myself so it's like right who can I get on my side who do I know who's got that that um skill and then we'll work together um to to get the team where they need to be this was something that you you felt you need to do to go get those technical skills and looking back on it now how how valuable was it for you to to do that it's been really valuable for me just from the point of understanding what the engineers are actually up to and how i suppose it's things like knowing that you know if you miss a comma off a line of code the the program's not going to work you know it's that specific bit. and i don't think you realize that until you've actually tried it yourself and and now I understand why engineers will sit there with headphones in and say, don't talk to me for two hours. Whereas I don't think if you've tried it, you've got no idea. So it's been nice to get that perspective. It's nice to join in on the conversations. And I do understand a lot of what's going on. Obviously not to the level they do. Um, so I think it's been really beneficial for me. You don't need to do it though. Like people can be great scrum masters and agile coaches without without kind of doing what I've done. But um for me i would recommend it if you're going to stay in like the software and tech world which i'll probably plan on doing because i really like it um yeah it's it's helped me a lot yeah well as somebody that came from a, a software background and shifted across to being a, a scrum master and a, a, a trainer it's um, yeah i really appreciate the fact that actually you've got out there and learned how difficult it actually is and it's one of the reasons why i stopped doing it i just couldn't keep up uh what with the various different javascript the j node and all those kind of stuff just continually learning um you know it's just um incredibly difficult incredibly difficult so what have you been doing to um keep your skills and and keep your appetite going outside of the technical technology aspect have you been doing anything uh, to improve your coaching skills your agile appreciation anything like that what have you been up to yeah so i try and do i try and look at kind of like different frameworks and ways of working and, and try and go get a course in with the you know someone who's recommended or an expert every kind of six months really just to keep kind of the learning up um so i was lucky enough kind of the last place i worked at yorkshire water i got kind of went through the scrum.org world as you'll know steve and did like my psm and product owners and got to i think psm one two and, and product owner one and two and stuff and then 
Um, yeah, since kind of Pokestars, I've been looking at, so I went and did a Kanban course with the Kanban University. Um, and actually a couple of weeks ago, um, I've been wanting to do this for ages, but I went on the uh, large scale scrum course and that was, um, so less, and that was in person in Manchester. So I've not done anything in person for ages. Um, and that was with the co-founder as well, Bas Foda. So um, really insightful, like Bas was just, yeah, incredibly knowledgeable, intelligent guy. Um, and it was a three day course. I forgot that you actually got fed at courses as well, because I've done things on Zoom. So it was nice to get a nice dinner and do some networking. But yeah, so I did that. Really, really enjoyed that. Got a lot from that. Um, and also we um, kind of established a community of practice as well. So um, always kind of learning from fellow colleagues and things as part of that community of practice and then bringing in external speakers as well to speak to us. So we've We've had someone in talking about liberating structures. Um, we've got yeah, all sorts of people coming in. Yeah, just getting, I guess, getting learning wherever I can. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I mean, the liberating structures we use a lot of, uh, and they're they're really useful. So if you haven't had an opportunity to to explore liberating structures, I'd encourage you to do so. They're, I use them in retrospectives and workshops all over, really. So it's just a great way of getting individual thinking out into the group. So where do you want to go next? Where you know What's what's calling you next? Where, where's the, the fire for you? What are you doing? So I think next, um, well, I'm, I'm expecting a baby. So I've got three months left. Oh, congratulations. I'll be, I'll be having a, taking a year off on maternity leave. Um, and enjoying some time with the newest member of the family, which will, will be amazing um, and tiring. <laughs> um, and then after that, um, probably carry on doing what I'm doing for a little bit while I get used to having no sleep again. Um, but I'd like to, I'd like to get into maybe a more um, kind of agile coaching role at maybe a more um, organisational level. So I'm currently working more at team level at the moment at Pokestars. Um or maybe something like head of delivery, something like that, where I can, it's basically, I've done this obviously less course and I am interested in kind of, you know, larger product development and scale product development. It'd be great to be in a position where I could kind of shape that myself because I've got some really good ideas and I'm pretty ambitious about all that stuff. Ooh, like what? You've, you've intrigued me. What, what's your good idea? Oh, so a lot of it, a lot of it coming from less, you know, but they kind of backed up my ideas, I suppose, but just like, um, just the way kind of organisations are set up and you still kind of see a lot of kind of like component team tribes and all that sort of stuff, don't you? So I'd love to get hold of a product and and really like, they call it flipping in less, but really just shake up the organisational structure, get people really working in cross-functional teams and get people delivering that like product increment every two weeks or whatever we say, but at scale. Um, I've done it at team level. I've been fortunate to work on some really good cross-functional teams and I've seen it you know, really work. Um, and I think it just tends to get lost at scale. So I'd love to be able to influence some of that. Um, so yeah. So what tips, I mean, you've said you've done it at team level and you're having cross-functional, what tips could you share that would, um, that you've picked up over the years that actually help it work at a team level, you know, to having cross-functional and having uh, a deliverable increment, every sprint, every uh, iteration, uh, I think it's about starting small, um, really. So start small, think of a, a feature or, you know, it depends how big your product is. If it's a big product, think of a feature. If it's small products, might be enough with it, one team or two. Mm. But, and just start small. So start off by 
looking at that feature or product and saying, right, who do we actually need to get this thing delivered? Um, and, you know, literally go and pull them out of the functional areas and have those conversations with managers. Um, probably a lot of persuading and explaining, depending where you work. But, yeah, if you can just start small, <laughs> there's one, one team who can get something to done um, and then just watch the magic work. Um, a lot of places just, just, just fall at that cross-functional team uh, part, really. Like, yeah. It's too difficult to to break down the structure of these functional kind of silos they've got. Um, but it's actually quite simple to do if, if you just start off small and then see it work. Um, and then, you know, once it's working, you know, move on to your next squad or your yeah. next team, I think. Brilliant. So, yeah, so start small and keep keep going. Um... Yeah, yeah, don't, don't try and do everything at once. You know, don't try and you know, grab 10 teams and just turn everyone into a, a scrum, you know, a monster at once, I think that small get things going and get things working experiment and then yeah and then move on what's um what's one of the things you wish you'd known earlier in your career oh that's a good one um <laughs> i think probably it's probably you don't need to know everything i think i think maybe pre-scrum even as a project manager um yeah i think the way i was maybe brought up or like you know Maybe maybe I had a bit of that perfectionism kind of mind going on and thinking, you know, you've got to know everything. And then as as I've got older and, and you know, worked in different organisations and with different people and products, you realise you really don't. And it's absolutely fine to, to not have a clue and just to be really honest and say, I've got no idea. Um, and I think, if yeah, if I'd have known that earlier, it probably saved a lot of stress. <laughs> Whereas now that mindset shifts totally shifted for me and I understand that it's, it's fine not to know and um, it's fine to ask people for help and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. maybe something on those lines. To have that confidence to um, just say, hey, it's fine. We'll work this out as we go through. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And what do you think's helped you see that through? I'm trying to think, really. I don't know if it's just life life experience, really. And then I yeah, guess... Might well be. The, I suppose the way some the companies are work, you know, moving and working. So when we do talk about agile and Scrum, I think that kind of mindset does fit into those frameworks. It's, you know, it's it's not about perfectionism, is it? It's about you know being vulnerable, mm. you know, um, you know, being courageous, you know, accepting that you're going to fail and learn. Um, so I think it's a bit of life experience. Then also the the path that I've chosen as well down these kind of agile routes, it, it kind of fits with that. And that's the kind of mm. culture and the, the way of working we're trying to cultivate. So that's probably rubbed off on me and hopefully I'm rubbing back off on that. Um, so you, uh, we were asked a question in the previous uh, podcast and it was, when was the last time you did something for the first time and what was it? So this was easy just because it's, I don't know if it's a super exciting thing, but we um, we just back from Lanzarote um last week so the first time we went to Lanzarote as a family we'd never been um okay so yes I'm going down that angle so yeah it was really nice lovely and warm I'd highly recommend it for anyone wanting something because it was March wasn't it last week um so yeah so it was Lanzarote and uh yeah first time for us Oh, I see. So you basically you're making everybody envious uh, of going on holiday. So it's the going away on holiday for maybe the first time for a long time. Absolutely, absolutely. So. It's got to be done. Get it booked. Although Manchester Airport, oof, I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> go, go from a different airport. 
Okay. Um, So what question would you like to pose for the next person coming up onto the podcast? So I would like them to answer, if you could fall asleep on a night and you could be programmed with one skill and wake up the next day and you had that skill and you were proficient at it, uh, what skill would it be? And you, you had it for life then. Okay, brilliant. Well, I look forward to the uh, person's answer to that one coming up. Um, so do you have, as we come rapidly towards the end, um, do you have an article or a book you would recommend to people listening to this podcast? Yes. Um, I was looking on my bookshelf. Um, so a book I've recently read, uh, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Ooh. Really, really liked it. I don't know if you've read it. Have you read it, Steve? No, I haven't, but it's on my bookshelf and I really should read it. Really good one. I really enjoyed it. Um, Just good for, I guess, learning how to give like feedback that's going to benefit someone and help someone and not kind of shy away from giving giving feedback that's going to be helpful and constructive. Uh, But some really good like models of how to do that and and interesting concepts and ideas. Um, So yeah, I'd highly recommend it. And have you been using those concepts and ideas in work or is it just, you know, oh, I could use this in the future? Or? At work and I've, I've used them outside of work as well, actually. Um, I've noticed myself kind of using them a little bit more and not feeling, you know, guilty about giving feedback or, yeah, no, yeah thinking I'm doing this because it's going to help this person and uh, I'm going to say yeah. it, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely helped, definitely helped uh, kind of reframe giving feedback for me. Brilliant. So that was Radical Candor. Radical Candor by Kim Scott, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, cool. So, uh, and do you have any, if, uh, actually, if people want to learn more about you, is there a place they can go to? Uh, do you have a website? Do you have, you know, how can people find out more about Rebecca Dayton? Uh, probably LinkedIn is the main place I seem to pop up. Um, yeah, LinkedIn, yeah. grab me on there. You'll find me on there. I do the odd kind of YouTube um short video but i've not done any for ages actually um but yeah my youtube channel i think i'm trying to think what it's called now candid agile just try and give like frank on it okay. advice about agile but yeah mainly linkedin grab me on linkedin that's, that's the best way brilliant and are you doing any talks or anything like that on meetups or anything that we could come and listen to you about radical candor and you can give us positive feedback <laughs> So. <laughs> I've um I've got one more podcasting actually I've I've never I don't think I've ever done an audio podcast um but I've got two that have come along the like buses so I've got one more next week with um the retro virtual retro guy Chris Stone um so that's oh. yeah I'm doing it next week I'm not sure when that'll be published but it will be published at some point um but no other than that I'll um I'll probably be winding down soon for a for a year on. You've got other things you need to focus on and other other important things to focus on. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you for joining us uh, today. Uh, Good luck with what's coming up next. Um, So thank you for joining us, Rebecca. Uh, And for those people that do want to find Rebecca, learn more about Rebecca, she says, find her on LinkedIn. Uh, Rebecca Dainton, um, she's got lots of ideas, lots of uh, things she'll share with you in the podcast and the YouTube clips. So please go find Rebecca Dainton. And also, thank you, listener. Thank you for listening to us um, and coming back after Shord's interview and, and mine. And please stick with us. These are going to become a lot more regular than they have been in the past. So thank you for coming back to and listening to uh, the Scrum Facilitators Community Podcast. Speak to you again soon.
Thank you for listening to the Scrum Facilitators Community Podcast, the place for real conversations around Scrum. Do you have a story to share in this podcast? Get in touch with us at podcast at scrumfacilitators.com. 